Joe, how did the computer hacker get away from the cops? I don't know. He ran somewhere. A ransomware. Joe, what kind of uh, what kind of bees uh, make milk? Don't know. Boobies. Boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the seventh grade podcast known as Carnival Personnel. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe, and I can't get a good level on you for some reason. You keep either splatting or going low. Who cares? Who really cares anymore? Where you know we don't we don't want to you know people hit that unsubscribe button. Oh wait, as talked about last week, you spent lots of money to take the unsubscribe button away from from the fine folks at Apple. So we're we're all set for as long as we want. Uh, how are things on that side of the world, Joe? That side of the world being twenty miles away. <laughs> okay, I guess you. Uh, I've had a pretty okay week. Um, uh, uh, not the most productive week. I honestly, I think I had a call on Monday with my contact with Armed Forces Entertainment about when we could possibly be rescheduling. And lucky for me, I don't want to get on a plane anytime soon. They're looking at February and March. Yeah, like 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 Sounds they were right originally saying, you know, we want to do something the end of summer. And then they were saying, you know, we want to do something between the, you know, the holidays, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But now they're saying, yeah, you know, because, you know, and this is my guitar contact. Uh, you know, I have a meeting this week with the guy out of Virginia for like the other regions of the world. And, you know, maybe in six months I'll, I'll fly to South Korea and Japan. But but uh, over in the Middle East, they're still getting, you know, hit incredibly hard, uh, which is funny because it's very warm there. But, you know, and it's supposed to go away is some people told us but yeah but i've had a good but on uh, it's it's been a little disappointing because it's taken the wind out of my sails of like you know working on stand-up material because you know i i think i think it's getting to a pretty good place you know two different 15 minute sets but uh other than other than you and random friends i can con into letting me do it for them one-on-one on facetime eh, it's not you know, you know so it's it's hard because i still have to same thing with the drums i mean i don't know when dan and i are going to start jamming again i'm hoping to record something soon at our good friend steve's house that i can then you know send to dan and he can mix it and all that stuff but when we're actually going to be in the same room in front of people playing again or in the same room jamming again i don't know but it, so it's hard to oh i better go work on these three new songs we've been working on oh i better go work on the stand-up material so i can bore the fuck out of joe with it and you know yeah and then the worst part about doing the stand-up routine in front of you is you know the funniest parts of the ones that you wrote at least i can pretend i had something to do with it when i'm rehearsing it in front of friends on facetime there are a couple of clubs in Florida that you could try out the material in. You know, I, I, there were, but, you know, uh, and we'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, all those, you know, all the people like me who said, yeah, there's never going to be another shutdown. It's like people bitch too much. Eh, I, I could be wrong. You know, some of these ruby red states like your uh, like your shirt right there is starting to uh, uh, not close down again, but go from phase two of opening to face one of opening because, uh, oh, wait, we were really stupid about all this. But um, but I will say on a positive note, 
as of we as the recording of this podcast, I'm on week six, day seven. But on the listening of the podcast, I will be on week seven, day two of my program. And uh, if I stay on pace, I'll be at my goal weight for the John Taylor Fertilizers to take the ice in Phoenix next Memorial Day. <laughs> so I'm on pace to hit that goal away by the tournament next uh, next May. So uh, so I got that going for me, which is which is nice. Congratulations. Uh, now, Joe and I got together last week. We had a little gift exchange. And at the same time, while uh, while doing some extra level of quarantine cleaning, I found an old VHS tape. It, it, it had like half a label on it that said Christmas, but it didn't say anything else. And I'm thinking, you know, it's old footage from like my sister's kids in the late 90s when she might have videoed their Christmas and sent it to me in L.A. I wasn't 100% sure, you know, what it was when I sent it to Joe. You know, there's always that odd chance. It's like, hey. Maybe this is something uh, I mislabeled as something else, so people want to see it. And you know, you're welcome, Joe. Uh, but but uh, so Joe was doing me a favor because he has a working VHS. Uh, but in turn, it was by your kindness of offering to do it for me, Joe. It became a gift for yourself. I do was tell. Pleasantly surprised. First thing you do is you pop in the VHS, and I can already tell by the weight of the VHS that it's a sturdily built VHS tape. So I knew it had to be from the 80s. It wasn't like a very lightweight plastic tape that you would get from the mid-90s. So I thought, okay, this is going to be either really cool vintage TV or scary home video stuff that <laughs> I might be embarrassed to report back to Jacques about. So I put in the tape. I rewind because I'm kind. And then when I play, I'm pleasantly surprised to see it immediately starts with the intro to the Simpsons roasting on an open fire, the very first Simpsons Christmas special that aired on Fox in 89. And I'm like, oh, okay. But whoever was recording it had cut out the commercials. So they were already, I already knew I was dealing with a tech savvy person here. So <laughs> um, I was like, okay, well, let's go through this. Maybe there's more. And I fast forward. And the second thing that pops up is a um, the episode of Married with Children. It's also a Christmas episode. It's the one with Sam Kinison, the very famous Sam Kinison episode, if you're a Married with Children fan, where Al Bundy uh, shocks himself by trying to light Christmas lights outside his house, and he wakes up to a guardian angel played by Sam Kinison to show him how great life would be if he, you know, were to die. <laughs> if he were dead. The, 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 uh, the, it's a wonderful life in reverse. And, of course, the, uh, the funny thing about that episode is, so Peg has an alternate husband, and the alternate husband is played by Ted McGinley, who goes on later to play Marcy's second husband in the show. Yeah, it is so great. So, um, anyway, I fast forward through that, and then I get to the... Then I get to the real gold. That's when I get to the real nuggets of gold. And I actually took notes on what I saw. Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm skipping over. There was an airing of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Again, no commercials. Or there was some commercials, but eh, whatever. You know, this. I'm jaded when it comes to 80s commercials because I've seen so many on YouTube compilations by now. But then I reached the gold mine in my wait, mind. Wait, wait, wait. Only you 
would have seen too many compilations of 80 commercial on YouTube. But oh, this this look at all this all these commercials thrown together. That's great. Oh, that's nine views. Didn't Joe say he watched this eight times last week? I'm sorry. Go ahead. So then I I hit uh, pay dirt, at least in my mind, when I saw an episode of Family Ties, and I'm like, oh, it it this is unusual, and uh, that it you know the the commercials were intact. And then there was like an NBC uh, News Digest little segment in between. I'm like, oh, okay, this is like a whole block of programming. And it was. I actually did the research and I backdated the episode. Like I figured out based on the plot of the episode of Family Ties and the following episode of Cheers that this was an actual recording off of an NBC affiliate in New York, WNBC, from WNBC, from December 4th, 1986. So I had about oh an hour and a half's worth of recording. So the, all told, we had Family Ties. The episode was High School Confidential. Uh, that was the one where Nick is having trouble. You know, Mallory's girl boyfriend was having and, trouble. And, and who and who was Nick? Uh, I don't know. What? Uh, who played Nick? Yeah. Oh, I forget the guy's name. Why? What? what, what? Is is it Nick? And I'm and unless I'm thinking. No, you're thinking was... of you're thinking of the drunk uncle that was Tom Hanks. No, 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 no. I think Nick's boyfriend is, uh, no, is boyfriend, Joey Nick. from. Isn't he Joey from Friends? No. Or, or was that you know? I think I'm married with children. Yes, um, that was a spinoff. Joey Matt LeBlanc played the son of Al's buddy from high school or something. Oh, okay, okay, but I thought spin-off. Nick was somebody. I thought Nick was somebody. No, it turns out Nick's a nobody. But okay. <laughs> no, I forget the actor's name. But he was—he didn't go on anything like else after Cheers that I remember. But uh, it was the episode where Nick was—he uh, had to pass an English test or something, and uh, Alex was tutoring him, and he tried to equate you know nouns and verbs and prepositions with like parts of a motorcycle so that he could wrap his head around English. <laughs> and he, of course, he passed. Then the next episode is of Cheers. The uh, it's a Diane episode. It's uh, titled "Everyone Imitates Art," and it's an episode where um, Diane writes a poem. I didn't really like watch the entire thing, and I had recently watched the whole Cheers run through. But I caught the end. I, I fast forwarded through the end, and it's basically uh, Sam ends up saving all of the knickknacks and and poetry and love letters that Diane has sent to him throughout the years, but he doesn't tell her that, you know? So she, he, he has a, her written poem, and she leaves uh, his office, and then as he's sneakily trying to put away the poem in a shoebox that he keeps in a safe, she pops her head back in and catches him, like, aha, I knew! And, uh, you know, it, it, comedy ensues. So this is sort of like... The tale, like I think it was the second to last season of Diane, or maybe it was the last season of Diane. Um, but then all these commercials, you know, uh, I wrote them down. Uh, Wendy's Big Classic, uh, a De Beers commercial. De Beers. Um, that's the the, uh, the, 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 the the diamond seller, not the uh, uh, not anything else. Um, what am I rambling on about? Uh, you know, there's just it was just all NBC. Promos, commercials, um, and then an episode of Night Court, the er- the earthquake episode, where Dan and um, Roz, the bailiff, get stuck in an elevator with two sumo wrestlers. 
<laughs> and um, we learn that Dan's claustrophobic and Roz comforts him like very lovingly and caringly. And, you know, of course, when they finally get freed, you know, she doesn't reveal that he was a big wuss in the elevator just to save face because he cares for him. So it's a, you know, kind of a touching episode and, and just reminded me how great of a show Night Court was. Night Court. So great. And I think I talked about this before, but who cares? He, John Larroquette was nominated for so many Emmys and won so many Emmys for that show that after I think his fifth win, he said to the producers, don't put me up for any more nominations. Like, I don't want to be even considered. Just don't stop. I, I, that's enough. I think five is a good number to go out on. So, <laughs> How many door stops does a guy need? <laughs> seriously. So, but, but yeah, he's just a, I mean, the, the whole cast was great. And of course, I had a thing for um, Marshall Warfield. You thought I was going to say Marky Post, <laughs> but I zigged when I. Hey, well, I thought you were in a sack, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and there's, you know, promos for uh, Miami Vice, um, Pan Am. Uh, what else? Uh, movie promo for The Golden Child, American Tale Books from McDonald's, a, t- a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial with Foghorn Leghorn, which is kind of fucked up. Kind of fucked up. You know, that's like uh, that, that's like if, um, I don't know, Richard Lewis did like a concentration camp commercial. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you? Prom- You're supposed to be protecting these chickens. You're. You're very bad at your job. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that that was my that was that was a l- way too long recap. No, of the it was video. fantastic. It was a, you know, but but truly a Christmas in June for for Joe. And so so I, I looked up. You're you're correct. Yeah, it, it was it was a uh, guy who plays Joey from Friends was on Married with Children, uh, but the guy Scott Valentine. He was the one who played Nick, and his Wikipedia says, like, you know, American actor, best known for his role as Nick Moore in the NBC series Family Ties, which was like a half a season. But then you go, he's been this steadily working career actor. You've honestly seen him in maybe 20 different things. You know what I mean? Everything does some voiceover work, but, you know, you know, ran the whole gambit from doing an episode of uh, CSI and Promise. Oh, Promise. Promised Land. That's really funny. I wonder if I worked with him on that. And um, yeah, like Mike Hammer, Private Eye, which was so great. But uh, yeah, it was just like, you know, episodic work. He was a right, working right, actor. Working like, actor. Yeah, which I, I, when I'm watching reruns of stuff on, you know, me TV or whatever it is, I'll constantly be ID, IMDb being like, oh, what's that person doing? And like, oh, I recognize her. Who, where did I see her before? Oh, yeah, she played uh, Vicky on Three's a Crowd. You know, like. <laughs> right, no, I, 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 I think we talked about it once. I fell down a rabbit hole. I was watching an old, like, uh, a Batman, you know, Batman and Adam West Batman. And for some reason, I decided to start uh, Google the henchman <laughs> and the different like henchmen of like the penguin and then you and then you see it's like oh man so, so this guy did you know a hundred things that you know we have seen from like 66 to like 80 like one-off things from uh from, from you know from batman to like uh you know like all the cop shows always playing the same kind of right thug number three right <laughs> basically he's, he's right he's, he's playing henchman number four in manix and, and then you're like oh 
graduated summa cum laude from Juilliard. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh man, you poor thing. Um, so, so no, so I'm glad that you 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 enjoyed that. Thank you. I I, I do not need you to digitize and get me a DVD copy of it, but um, but yeah, I I you know just going through the stuff. And I'm like, because I remember, it's like, wow, this is heavy. You know, it's like, this, like you said, it wasn't, I think it was when, when the Betamax company was also making VHS and they were like heavy, like, dude, and that's why it's lasted. Yeah. Know, tape's 35 years old. The quality is very good. And it, it was in long play mode too. So it wasn't and like, who, yeah. And, and it's like back then, the only person I know who would have had like two VCRs to do something like that is my Uncle Joe. Wow. And, he must have been rich. And, and nobody has two VCR, but he he wouldn't have gone with that kind of programming, you know what I mean? I, 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 don't, I don't think – so you enjoy your viewing this week. Actually, management and I got a chance to watch a couple things this week, and uh, I, I don't want to say we were 0 for 2. No, as a family, we actually watched the new Hellboy or the Hellboy that came out like last year. Right. Um, with and da- we w- David Harbour was the star, right? Correct. And we really wanted to like it because we like the Hellboy character. You know, we like we like David Harbour from like Stranger Things. Um, Ellen is a really funny guy in real life. I think, you know, we talked about like he, he, he did this thing where some girl asked him to go to the prom and he's like, fine, if you get like 10,000 retweets, I'll go. And he did. And so he actually went to this girl prom, and then there was somebody else, and he's like raised a bar to like a hundred thousand if he would appear with some girl in her class photo. But he's like, fine, if you get a hundred thousand, and he side by side with her pretending to play the tuba in this girl's like class photo, and he's like, damn you, internet, you won again. So I really wanted to like it, and it was just, ugh. You know, it was, and and so I'm like reading to see how it did, you know, because it didn't hold my interest enough to not IBM and box office mojo. And I was reading, and it, and like you know, Harbor was saying, and and maybe there's some truth to it, but that uh, fans of Gilmera, uh, Gil, uh, how do you Guillermo. say? Del, thank you, Guillermo del Toro, who did the first two Hellboys with Ron Perlman, like. They were getting backlash before they started filming. And it's like, oh, well, his fans, you know, sealed our fate and, you know, never gave us a chance. It's like, well, I gave you a chance. <laughs> and here's what I think. <laughs> I gave you a chance seeing it free. But um, yeah. but but and then uh, I will say one of my favorite movies in the past five years, six years, five, six years, one of my favorite movies past five, six years is John Wick. The first John Wick is so good. The second John Wick is like, oh, okay, well, it's fine. You know, it was the first John Wick had a great story and had some great fight scenes. And, yeah, there's some great shooting up scenes, but it's it had a great story. And the second one was okay. And I, I like some of the characters that expanded his universe a bit, but it was okay. But three was just an outright, oh, okay, let's uh, let's make this a huge money grab. And it did well, and I'm, I, I think there's going to be – well, there is. There's going to be a John Wick 4. John Wick 4 and The Matrix 4 are set to be released the same day next year. Like they're both set to – and it's funny because uh, Fishbourne uh, – Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne plays uh, not a huge role, but he's a, he's a he's a bigger character. Well, he's a he's a 
bigger character in the last two John Wick movies, but setting up for John Wick 4, it's like, oh, they're going to be partnered up. And at the same time, you know, uh, I think they're partnered up in uh, Matrix, if, I, if memory, memory serves <laughs> right. So, the, yeah, they're set. I think it's like May 21st. And so it wasn't The Godfather 3. It wasn't The Hangover 3. But it definitely was not John Wick number one. Yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Um, so they're, they're still going through with Keanu Day because that was supposed to happen this year. The two simultaneous release dates, you said they're going to be released on the same day next year? Is that so? They, I, they, they, I think they, everything got pushed. Just a, exactly I, a year. Okay. I think they were in production. You uh, know, I think, I think, I thought they were in production. I you think. Know, if, if, if you want to do a quick search, but yeah, but I. You know, and and I don't know why that you know if it's different studios who want to go head to head with each other with the same actors, but but we'll see that. Uh, oh, I glossed over. You know, um, we're done with that. A couple of interesting things that happened, and I know by now we're a week late, but right after we got recording last week was when there was a Nazi pep rally, and and um, Oklahoma. And, you know, so we're we're talking about it now nine days late, so we'll just glance over it. Uh, but it was awesome that only 6,200 people showed up, and they were expecting 100,000, and they built an overflow stage that they had to quickly disassemble before, you know, uh, Bunker Boy got there. And I love how they were blaming, like, you know, the media and all this. And, and we had talked about it that six people from his advanced team, you know, I tested positive for COVID on Friday night beforehand, you know, but the best thing about it is they were blaming the media and they were blaming different, you know, the protests that were keeping people away and all this stuff. And it turns out in large part, and John Oliver did an amazing breakdown of this. Uh, we got the K-pop crowd to thank for uh, flooding, flooding the request for tickets. Um and, 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 you know, had, had you seen the John Oliver thing or, or talked much about that, about those K-pop like kids who I guess have been social justice warriors online, like taking over racial hashtags? Yeah, for the past and, month, like White Lives Matter was one of those the hashtags that they had basically their goal was to instead of giving a rise or prominence to the actual content of what those white lives matter or white supremacist hashtags were meant to promote. They just use the hashtag to flood the internet with images of K-pop stars, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So anytime you search for that, you know, you know, white power hashtag, you're getting, you know, a BTM. Is that the, what's, is that, is that the BTL? What's the, I'm so, what's the name of that band with the Korean show? I don't know. I don't know. Are they on the NTZ? What should they do now? I shall be new. I'm old. Uh, But yeah, well, it's funny because John, Oliver had accidentally credited like with one photo of one K-pop kid, and it was like, oh well. And the, and side by side, they're you know both amazingly attractive young Korean kids, ripped, just ripped. They looked a like, little too alike, <laughs> you know. And 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 it was it was it was it was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, I love the fact that. And his, his, his Nazi prep rally did not go as well as it hoped. And my favorite, and everybody was beating on it. Like Pink had tweeted out, oh, 
that's a place I sold out in 15 minutes last year. But then, you know, um, I'm now blanking on his name. Uh, oh, gosh. It will, it will come to me, and I see him, and we love it. Al Franken. Al Franken tweeted out a list of artists who sold out that or sold more tickets to that stadium last year. And it's like, Shanana. And it did. And it's like, but really, he wasn't kidding. He's like, here's like some like, you know, choir group from like West Virginia, like these, right. uh, like these cool in the game. People. <laughs> you know, it, I think cool in the game might have, or Casey and the Sunshine Band yeah. or cool in the gang was one of the people on that list. So, so that, that made me, you know, that, that made me happy. Um, I did, uh, but but we just wanted to, you know, it's so great that the the social justice Korean like K-pop fans out doing the Lord's work, right? Yeah, good. So good, good for them. They're good for those kids. You know, unfortunately, they aren't eligible to vote unless they're all American citizens. I don't think they're eligible to vote <laughs> no, in the next but, coming election. But it's great that they thought, you know, that the, the, they had like eight hundred thousand ticket requests and all this stuff. But it was just a joke. Uh, yeah. So in 1979, my mother had written a letter to the Boston Bruins telling them that, you know, she has a son who's a huge hockey fan and all this stuff. And a scout from the Bruins actually wrote my mom back and sent her tickets to take, you know, my brother and I to the game and to come to the locker room and meet the players after. And so obviously my uncle had to take me, my uncle Bud. I still have the autograph book from the day. I was 10 years old, and I remember the day I met Brad Park. Uh, uh, Bradford Douglas Park. And my son, Squishy, who is now 10, who has to go with me when I do um, these food pickups for the food bank we're volunteering from. The girl who organizes it, boyfriend, turns out to be a programmer. With Roblox. Wow. <laughs> Guess who had the same me as 10 years old, meaning Douglas Bradford Park inside the Brewer locker room moment when he got to meet an actual, like, you know, programmer for the parent company that does Roblox. What was it, him? It, 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 it was him. It was my little guy. And it was and 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 it's funny because it's a nice kid. I mean, this kid's like like mid 20s, like late 20s, um, you know, and it was he was, you know, uh, he it's funny because we had to go and, and do this big food pickup thing. And so he had like 10 minutes and the kid was really great and engaging. And in fact, on uh, Squishy's YouTube channel, and I kept saying I was going to post that, on his YouTube channel, he was able to talk about two unreleased things. Like, he had an inside source of two games that are coming out on Roblox that aren't released yet. Hmm. And he got an inside, like, little inside, like, heads up kind of. And he's, it's like, honestly, that was on Thursday. He has been so well-behaved Thursday, Friday, through like today. He's just on fire, and he's dialed in, and he's – I, I am impressed, like, how much work he's been putting on his – you know, making his videos because he did. He taught himself to edit and post and, you know, all of this stuff. But it, honestly, it's one of those things where I'm not – and I'm not. I'm not mocking. I'm not saying, well, this guy isn't like, you know – you know, Hall of Famer, you know, you know, Brad Parkett that I got to meet, but it, but it had the same level of excitement for him. So uh, it was a it was a pretty good week. I I approve. I think anything that'll get 
your little guy is motivated to not just play and observe, but actually create and do and, you know, give him a spark of inspiration. You know, not that you're not inspiring enough or that, you know, his mom isn't a, 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 an inspiration. You know, those, those are for granted. You need, to, you need to go beyond. You know, you need to introduce uh, an outside muse or inspiration to spark that creative genius that I know your kid is, you know, your younger Squish is very handy, uh, kind of a self, yeah, self-starter, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's got the, he's got the, uh, the motive, the motivation to, if something sparks his interest, he'll, you know, take the ball and run with it, you know? Um, so I'm glad that, and, and you know what? I think computers are here to stay. So maybe if he takes a shine to programming, you know, maybe that'll be something that'll, you know, granted, like, I know his main bread and butter will be a uh, daredevil YouTuber. For <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if that falls through, he has something. Uh, I'm keeping him away from the movie Hot Rod for a little while. I'm just kind of going to plant that seed. No, we're, we're not there yet. But management and I are having to have the conversations. It's like, is it time to get him his own rig? Because he's using my, we have one real laptop in the house. It is my office. It is when I'm talking to you now and stuff like that. And, and last week when we were recording, you know, he came into my office frustrated that like, you know, I was using my own mic and computer because, you know, damn it. He, he you know, he had to get time on the, on the rig, but we're getting to the point where, and I'm not there yet because I want him to do more than just, you know, a Roblox channel. I want him to be more of a content creator and take the take the GoPro and, you know, do some things or, or expand it. It's like, you know, we talked about it. It's like he, he's seen the movie Doom. He's played the game Doom. Do a past contrary, you know, and I know by this point, like five years later, how many people have already done that. But do your what you liked about the movie that wasn't in the game and what was in the game that they'd left out of the movie. Do one of those. And I know that this is sort of a marketing genius of you because I, there's not enough content on the Internet about 10 year olds reviewing material that are clearly meant for adults dude i i i fucked up i <laughs> joe i just no i fucked up because we talked about it when we first moved back what is that 2017 you know 2016 like like yeah summer 2016 when we came back and resident evil 7 had dropped and he was six at the time and I remember really distinct, there was like the opening fight scene. It was brutal. Girl comes at you with a chainsaw. It's scary as fuck. And I remember his brother, you know, nine or 10 at the time, getting frustrated to not be able to get past that opening boss fight. And little six-year-old Squish went over there, did it in like two tries. And I'm like, oh. I should have him do a walkthrough, like have a six-year-old, <laughs> have a six-year-old do his walk. And that's the year that it's like, so his birthday rolled around and we got him uh, his birthday cake. And if I have a picture, I'll post it. It's Chris from from like the bonus section of Resident Evil 7 and a section, a bonus thing called like Not a Hero where he's just firing away, screaming at one of these zombie blob monsters. And that's, oh, and then, the cake was split in half. Half was Chris and half was that zombie woman with the chainsaw. And I remember people came over for the birthday party looking at the cake and it's like, dude, it's what he wanted. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know. I think I was there with you to pick up that cake, if I'm not mistaken. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so I did. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are laws against uh, you posting stuff like that, but you know, just to protect the child, not so much anybody else. But you know, and and, and I've talked about. It. I remember talking about it for years and mentioned so many times on broadcast. I, I think he's too old to do it now. I always wanted when we stayed in a hotel once in in L.A. for a month. Had a brick wall, and it kind of looked like it had track lighting like a nightclub i just remember he's like four i just want to shoot and make it look like a nightclub comic from like, like the 60s but just tell him the punchlines to the dirtiest jokes and string that together and post it like a five minute clip of just you know ping pong balls i thought you said king kong ball you know th- that's it you know just just forget your forget your flashlight we find my car keys we can drive out of here you know uh-huh. you only have to say it once i did anyways but but yeah so inappropriate things that i i should have done to post and you know right. mo- mo- uh, monopolize and monetize my my dream squashers um but then you, at one point we might have to pull it off the net such as 30 rock has just pulled some episodes scrubs have pulled some episodes i'm a little surprised that you know no one there's an episode of community that hasn't got pulled yet um and that's all in the last and that that's this week's update and um comedic blackface of the early 2000s yep it's happening and then also uh, tangentially a couple of other things have rocked the animation world uh there are a couple of voice actors on prominent uh, animated shows who are white actors who voice black characters. And they've all basically decided to, one after another, step uh, down from voicing those characters. So it started with this show called Big Mouth. It's produced by Nick Kroll. It's on Netflix. It's in its fourth season. And there's a a character on there that's biracial, but she's, you know, black-skinned. And she's voiced by a white actress named Jenny Slate. And basically they said, well, after a long conversations and meetings, we decided that it's, it's not appropriate for a white actor to voice a, a, a biracial or black character. So she will no longer be doing the voice of, I think, forget the character's name. And then um, the same day or two later, uh, there's a show on Apple TV Plus called Central Park that's animated, and there's a black character there that's voiced by Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell's decided to say, okay, bye-bye. I'm not going to do that voice anymore. And then a few days later, the uh, the voice of Cleveland from Family Guy, his name's Mike Henry, he said, it's been a lot, great 20 years, but I think black actors should voice black characters. So that's that's it for me, doing that type, those types of voices. And then Simpsons came out and said that no longer will white actors or non-black actors... I think they said white actors will no longer voice non-white characters. Um, which, you know, assholes are like, well, they're all yellow. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, so like, uh, you know, Dr. Hibbert is voiced by Harry Shearer. That's not going to happen. Um, Carl and... Um, uh, Lou the Cop, or a couple of other black characters on Simpsons, you know. So, and of course, Apu. I think that that had already been decided last season. But the, the yeah, the times they are a changing. All these honkies who have been riding high on you know uh, the talents of their black sounding voices. And what does it mean to sound black? Actually, you know, like that that's a, that raises a whole other issue. But yeah, it's like it's it kind of makes sense. Like the times come for 
real like not it's not and it's not it's less PC but more like look you're actually taking a job away from legitimate black actors who you know if they don't they don't have the opportunities that a lot of white actors have so yeah it is about more about giving opportunities to more non-white actors so they can get a more equal footing in in the entertainment industry but yeah that's a whole other tangent that went on you were talking about the comedy blackface um yeah there was an ep- uh, there's a um, a sketch of uh, with Bob and David uh that's the uh the, the new Bob Odenkirk or newer Bob Odenkirk and David Cross um you know the guys from Mr. Show they did a sketch comedy show for Netflix a few years ago that had a blackface segment that was legitimately about like this woke guy like David Cross plays this woke guy who's like a YouTuber and he's trying to get the police to like arrest him for doing things and the police officer is played by Keegan Michael Key so you know he, he keeps driving through a, like a checkpoint he's like okay here's you have to know your rights you know if you are being pulled over by the police you have the right to this or that the other thing and the cops like yeah you can just go you know and so he's not getting the, the thing that he wants so finally he like relents and puts on blackface <laughs> and then all of a sudden like a white cop like pulls him out of the car and like maces him and um, you know that's the punchline but that sketch was pulled so yes blackface is no longer funny and uh rest in peace mel Otto is all i have to say <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and, and again I, I i don't think any of those people like be it be it, it be it and i don't remember the 30 rock i mean I, I remember loving the show uh liz lemon to be clear Liz Lemon is on my celebrity pass list, not Tina Fey. Liz Lemon, yes. Tina Fey, Tina Fey's great, but she ain't no Liz Lemon. Let me put that out there. But honestly, I, I think she's, you know, politically savvy and smart and and it's probably one of those mocking it type thing. If I don't remember, and it's the same thing. It's like the the two guys on Scrubs are like best friends. They have a podcast where they go over Zach Zach Bra Zach Zach Brown. And I forget the other guy's name, like, you know, who's a black, who's a black guy and they're like best friends. And it's like, maybe, you know, it was a parody. It was a tongue in cheek, but yeah, it's one of those things where, and and we talked about it. We won't go like Billy Crystal wasn't being a bad guy because he was doing Sammy Davis Jr. I mean, it it was one of those things where, but now we know it's like, yeah, why? It's a bad look. It's it's a, well, it's a, it's just a bad look. Like, and that's the thing is I don't think, I think shows don't want to give ammunition to the cancel culture, if you will, of maybe, I, I think, you know, obviously there's a push for even conservatives, for conservatives to like call out liberal leaning actors and shows and saying, oh yeah, well, you're, if you're so my, high and mighty, how come in 2001 you did this sketch on blackface and that's okay, you know? So I think there is that. It's just like, oh, you know what? We don't want to deal with this. We don't, we know, look, context is, is over. And yeah, you know what? Maybe it is kind of cringy to watch somebody it's not as poignant as it may have been at the time and it was more it was more also about like it was more shocking because we knew that like uh, we always know that blackface if you grew up in the late 20th century you know that blackface on television is abhorrent and it's an actual if anybody is in blackface it's usually making fun of when blackface was a nationwide pastime if you will Right, so, right. But all that context is gone. You know, we're old. Like people who did comedy in the 90s and 2000s are 
the old guard and there's new kids coming up and a new generation. And it's just like, you know what? That's not even like you making fun of the blackface by doing blackface isn't funny. Like it's just, it's not or whatever. And it's like, you know what? Fine. We're just. We're so, fine. so, so I, yeah, I think, I think, you know, it, it, it's all context. I don't think it was racist. So, so you just move on. So, so, you know, we'll get into a little more. Uh, oh, actually I did want to say, we talked about last week, um, you know, the House did vote since our last podcast uh, about passing statehood in, uh, in D.C. Right. And, and look, we got a long way to go, but the House actually brought it to the floor and it passed the vote. And I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. But while we're talking about like things that are dated and things that are either accidentally racist or flat out racist, a couple years ago, I started a podcast with my friend Joe, largely as a way of, of talking um, ourselves, I think a little bit more me, and off the ledge. Um, after the 2016 vote went the way it did and not in the best place, and I don't think I had health insurance yet, so I don't think I could go see a psychiatrist. So so I think you know, Joe, Joe suggested we do this as a therapy session, and thank you for that, Joe. I remember being upset a number of times over the last few years about stuff and and kind of taking it out on my family, like not being able to uh, disassociate their support of him and my love for my parents. Let's just say what it is. And there's been a couple of times I've talked to them about it. And there's been a couple of times I've taken a little bit of a time out, like last Thanksgiving, I decided I'm not going to monster Thanksgiving. I'm going to take my family up to Montreal and pretend we're Canadian for a long weekend and, and just, and just not have to deal, you know, with, with that bullshit. But I will let you know, Joe, I kind of, kind of gave my parents a, uh, sent my parents a, a dear John letter, you know, if, if, if you will, um, after the after the Nazi pep rally that we had mentioned in uh, in Oklahoma last week, and then and then two days later, he ended up doubling down um, at his uh, Nazi pep rally in front of a bunch of you know young white Republican club at, at you know in, in Phoenix. Um, I'm not even going to say it, but because you know what I'm talking about. But he described COVID in very racist terms. And as I had explained to my parents before, and I made clear this time, I can no longer silently sit by and be okay with you being okay than putting a target on your daughter-in-law's back. I'm like, it's, 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 it's awful that these things happen anyways, but the fact that they can't see how, you know, the rise of, of Asian hate crimes and the rise of like, um, you know, even before the pandemic and, he, you know, or as the pandemic started before restaurants closed and stuff like that, people boycotting Chinese restaurants and, 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 and let's be honest, most people, you know, and I know this for a fact, we've talked about it before. There's people who, um, they're called microaggressions. Is is the actual term I think I call it polite racism, where my wife's been at like a party at an employer's house, and somebody making conversation with her, asking, "What are you?" and then not letting go of it, like, "Like, no, no, oh, but but I'm I'm American. Oh, but but where where are you from? I'm from America. I was born in in, in Everett. Oh, well, where's your family from? 
uh, my dad was born, you know, and, and, and they can't tell if she's Japanese, Korean, Asian, like Filipino, you know, it's like most people, I mean, I'll be honest. It's like, you know, uh, I, I don't know. And I, we joke about this with Biff, how people, you know, um, you know, don't know, but him, him now going, you know, this administration has made the reelection decision that they're going to double down on racism, that that the racist, uh, the built the wall the last time around worked so well, the, the murderers and rapists worked so well. There was so little pushback with that stuff. The the blue lives matters, the all life matters, the anti-Atifa, the anti-Black Lives Matter, that is a winning card for them. And to take away focus from 130 dead Americans this covert, we're going to get away, we're going to try to get away with having the worst response in the world, and we're going to change the focus by making this a racist meme, a racist saying, a racist slogan. And so I did. I had to tell my parents, it's like, look, look, Enough's enough. And if you don't want to recognize that that racist comment puts a target on your daughter-in-law's back, then I think we need to uh, take a bit of a time out. And do not forget, although they don't present as a quarter Asian, your grandsons are only here because of a North Korean refugee was luckily taken in by South Korea people and uh, immigrated here eight and a half months pregnant with my wife, my wife. Um, so, yeah, your grandson, who you love, although they look like the white devil Aryan race people that I look like, uh, they're Korean. You know, they're, they're Korean-American. And, you know, uh, those racist terms uh, are no longer tolerated. So, uh, so that's starting this weekend awful, but I, I did. I had to say, and it's funny because Joe, you had said to me, and and I will always thank you for it, and and you were the voice of reason. You're like, wait, just think about this. You really want this guy to be the reason you don't have contact with your parents. You you're gonna let this guy come and drive a wedge between you know you and your mom after you know entire life of being together and being close. You're gonna let this guy dictate, you know. The, the 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 trajectory of where your family as a whole is headed and it, it, it it's been hard sometimes and i always think about you saying that to me you know privately and on this podcast but after this past week after what he said last saturday in oklahoma and then he doubled down in monday or tuesday in phoenix and he said it and the crowd went nuts the racist crowd went nuts and so he kept saying it like you know he was he was a, a dog that got pat on the head for learning how to shake and and his learning to shake is repeating racist racist slogans and you know his shit with Elizabeth Warren and all that stuff I'm just done and I'm done with people who can't say you know it's like my daughter-in-law is more important than me supporting this guy being openly racist so that 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 brings us into the this week and awful but I, I thought I'd throw that out there Joe well, you gave it a shot, you know? I mean, I think when I said that to you three years ago, it was more of a, you have to sort of try to reach them, reach your parents on a, a, a level of of thought that isn't as like a knee-jerk reaction. It's like, well, if you're going to be a Trump supporter, then you're out of my life. I'm cutting all, you know, I didn't want you to do that. 
but it's been three fucking years. And it's been 365 times three examples of why this guy's a piece of shit and why are you still in love with this guy or why are you still supporting him? So at this point, it's like, you know what? I've tried reasoning with you. I've tried pleading my case and, you know, letting your conscience be your guide, but apparently that's not working. So I'm going to have to draw a line in the sand and make ultimatums because maybe that's the only way to reach you. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a trying week, Joe, because as we've talked about, you know, all we can really do as, as being white people now is, is, is shut the fuck up, ironically saying that on a podcast, and listen more and, 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 and try to be a better um, ally and try to be – and, you know, I've been presented with a couple – we've been presented as a family with a couple challenges this week. Um, you know, we have a neighbor and, and our, our youngest son is friends with their son. Great kid. Um, you know, uh, we don't know the family, you know, that incredibly well. I know I've gone over to pick my little guy up and dad's been blasting his music. You know, uh, uh, dad, a uh, heavyset, middle-aged, you know, white guy. And let's just say – I like him around the same age, huge fans of public image, uh, a public enemy and NWA. And I have lots of, you know, Snoop Dogg and other, you know, 50 cent and, and, you know, I've worked on a lot of 50 cent projects and D12, but you know, and I just don't play those around the boys and I'm not shielding them. They're going to hear that out in the world. And we've talked about that, but I'm not blasting it at my house. And I've not ever said anything. It's like, Hey, when my kids here, don't play this stuff. But my kid came home the other day and dad was using uh, the N word quite a bit uh, around the house, you know, um, arguing with somebody on the phone. I guess he, Maybe said it in his son and my son's direction when they were in the pool goofing off and he did something he didn't want them to do. And I talked to management about it and we talked to a little guy about it who was very upset. And I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to have a talk with them. And he didn't want us to. And he didn't want us to because he thought that the dad might get upset. And we explained there's a really good chance. But, you know, not saying something when, 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 when the situation presents you. There's a difference between going out and looking to pick a fight. There's a difference between going on Twitter, knowing you're going to see this and looking to get into an exchange with somebody. Uh, but then, you know, when life presents this in front of you, you have the option of saying, well, you're not going over there and we don't want you to be friends with him, which isn't what we want, you know, because I haven't heard this 10 year old use it in my yard. But we did say, hey. If he comes over here and uses it, think about the people who are in this house. Well, not right now, but before the pandemic, the people who come over to use the pool, the people who are friends with, the people who are in a family, the people, you know, Papa works with who consider, I mean, I, you know, literally, you know, I have some, you know, I know a black guy. No, it's like, you know, friends who have befriended my children. I'm like, if he was over here saying it, it'd be a little different, but I want, I don't want to ignore them. I don't want, I don't. I, his funny thing is I don't want to be rude, just not let him go over. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a conversation. And the opportunity presented itself. Mom came over the other day to drop something off. And I went outside and said, hey, can we have this talk? I wasn't there. I don't know what was said. But, you know, he he thought this was said. And I just want to let you know he was upset by it. We talked about it. If it was said, 
you know, we don't feel comfortable him being in that environment. And if it wasn't said and it's a misunderstanding, I'm sorry, but I just, it was too important to not bring up. And we had a very nice exchange about it. And I told management that the exchange went nice. I told my son that the exchange went nice. And three, two, one, about three hours later, my wife got some very not nice text messages from the mom who might have thought it over, who might have talked about it with her husband. And um, what do you think? I'm just going to play this game. What do you think some of the things they said were? (laughs) I don't want to. Probably something racist. Go go down. Okay. We got a we got a lot of I'm not racist. Oh, but okay, you know it's like he can't be racist. You know he has a black friend. It's like and and even the stuff that was hearsay from a ten year old that might have been. I told her it's like look I've come over and I've heard the music and I'm not judging because I have the same thing. It's like you know it's like well and 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 <sighs> now and, and literally and I just told the wife I'm like just just say okay well let's just take a step back. It's like you know don't respond don't let 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 sleeping dogs lie and maybe we circle back and it's tough because we don't want a little guy to lose a good friend and at the same time we had talked about it. it's like we'd like to be a positive influence around this kid if that is you know spoken in the house but it's one of those things joe where when the opportunity to speak up happens and you don't it's one thing i'm not telling people to go look for a fight but if something happens in front of you or something happens in front of your kid you know i can't tell him you can't go over there and and not try to have a discussion about it and 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 maybe the 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 fun the pleasant neighbor relationship we have is now sorrowed forevermore maybe some growth comes out of it but at the end of the day i couldn't not say something uh but no matter how much no matter how much you say it fun fun fact is uh racists don't like being told they're racist <laughs> yeah well you know it's Part of change, I guess. But yeah, you did the right thing. You're like, you know, are you serious, dude? It's, I mean, you know, I guess it all depends. You said it probably in a very diplomatic way, um, you know, whereas I would have said nothing. And <laughs> and now the people would say, are you fucking kidding me playing NWA in front of a 10-year-old? I mean, are you, are you soft? Like, do you want him singing that stuff around the house? Do you want him to repeat the lyrics? You know how impressionable kids are. Kids are. Are you fucking stupid? Like, are you that fucking stupid to play those types of lyrics in front of anybody that under the age of uh, eighteen or fifteen or whatever? I mean, are you are you dense? Are you that fucking removed from reality? That's what some people would say. You know, um, so so yeah, so you know, and it, it is. So it, it's been one of those things. And then you know, the wife was on a friend's post and it, a, a Facebook thing, and you know, and it's interesting because. One person was taking, well, you know, Black Lives Matters is important and stuff. But, you know, when my for, when my, you know, great grandfather came here from Ireland, he had a hard time, too. And my wife's like, you can't compare it. It's like, yeah, the Irish, when the Italians came over, they got the shit kicked out of them and were treated by shit for a couple generations. And, and they, they were able to get a foothold just in time to kick the shit out of the Irish who came here for a couple generations. And it's funny. It's like when you look at when the, when the Irish came over, the absolute worst fucking jobs, the jobs that nobody wanted 
were cops and firefighters. Like, like, like literally public servants was the absolute lowest of the rung. And then you flash forward like 80 years, 100 years later, and it's like, why, why every cop on every show is Irish? And like, you know, it's, it's the stigma of all, especially in the East Coast and, and the Northeast, you know, where the Irish, you know, first immigrated to. It's like, yes, yes, our nation has a wonderful, glorious history of treating the next people to get here like pieces of shit. But it's usually a couple generations. You can't say what happened to the German Americans, the Irish Americans, the Polish Americans, the same as 400 years of systemic racism. And it's funny because, you know, management was talking to a friend, somebody jumped in. And then management had set something back. The person then sent her a private message and blocked her. It's like, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong and I fucking hate you and how ignorant you are. And then I'm going to block you. So management took a screen grab of that, put it back on the thread, you know, with her friend who then who, who, who this woman couldn't see the thread. She got word of it. And, and you know, because management had said in it, it's like, look. You know, I'm Asian American and I've had some, you know, things here and there, but it's not in the same fucking ballpark. You know what I mean? When I walk in to get a job, I already don't have two strikes against me. I'm a Korean, you know, I'm Korean American. You know, I I look very white. When I get pulled over by a cop, I'm not thinking I'm going to get shot. You know, it's like, yeah. Has there been times when she's had like unpleasant moments, these micro racist, you know, things happen to her? Sure. Is it a systemic racism that's gone back for 400 years? No, it is not. And so and then so the woman then actually read what my wife had posted and then sent her another private message apologizing. It's like didn't publicly apologize, didn't go back on the thread, didn't unblock her, say, hey, I thought about what you said. I can see what you were trying to say, I, you know, and she said everything. Oh, oh, I get I get triggered. I get this. I get over defensive and I, I have to be a better listener. Said all the right things, but one on one to the side. It's like it's like bringing the sheriff a pie at night without anybody seeing in the entire town and, and taking that baby step forward. I mean, it's like uh, it's like if she were to come onto this podcast. And say those things. Right. <laughs> Where nobody hears in the cloak of darkness. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But, All right. But, so but, we're, I just want to interrupt. We're running a little long in this podcast. Okay. We're, we're, we're way too woke. And I think we need to start you know, drowsying down a little bit. So let's blast through the rest of the off. Let, let me just say two things. We have the worst pandemic in 100 years. And, um, and, and now there's a new travel ban, Joe. There's a new travel ban. Um, it, we tried the Muslim travel ban. Uh, we, we've tried like blocking him. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's the rest of the world or the EU not letting Americans come into the EU now because of our covert thing. So um, make America not welcome again. Um, I don't know if you heard that, but the, I think the worst, the worst thing this week um, is the fact that the Trump administration went to the Supreme Court on Friday trying to overturn the ACA in the midst of the worst pandemic in 100 years uh, with the staggering unemployment because of COVID. People have lost their health insurance, and the ACA is at an all-time record-high sign-up. Perfect time to try to take it away from people. But I do want to say, and it's tough. Every week it's tough, but this week's piece of shit – 
I, I think comes down to Tom Cotton, who upon the vote of uh, of D.C. said, you know, because he represents Wyoming, uh, Wyoming that has 200,000 less people than uh, the fine district of Columbia said. Um, and I, I want to make sure I get the quote right. Uh, well, Wyoming's deserve statehood because they're well-rounded, hardworking people. Mm-hmm. That's that's. Th- that's 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 the new code for the ain't black. Right. So so I think Tom Cotton gets this week's piece of shit award. Take a skate around, Tom. Uh, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm done ranting. I'm sorry. I'm going to put the soapbox away. I'm going to get back to the yuck fest and 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 let you uh, say some stuff about some stuff about that thing that you want to talk about. <laughs> you know how you were saying that? Hey, we got to record so I can say this stuff about that thing. Remember at that place with that issue, that guy with the face and the eyes and the ears, the nose guy. He's, he's taking a drink of water or, or cyanide. I'm really not sure. No, the the capsule is between the uh, gums. <laughs> yeah. Uh geez. Well, there's no self in Dungeon Theater. There's really not a lot of sports to talk about. Will you want to briefly talk about how Major League Baseball is like, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't play baseball? They're trying to salvage a 60-game season. And every time you hear, yep. They made an agreement. They're going to do a 60-game season. People are going to start spring training, 4th of July weekend, and then the entire, I guess, the entire Texas Ranger front office staff signed a letter saying, yeah, we're not good with this. <laughs> you know, it's like, so maybe, maybe baseball comes and maybe I care. And it shouldn't happen. We really got to shut her down. I'm sorry. I, like I said, like everybody said, when this COVID-19 really started to take a foothold in America, 2020 is a wash. We have to just stop. We have to just, as far as like sports, concerts, you know, all these large venues, conventions, it's all done. I mean, 2020 is gone. We just, we, we blew it. We blew it. Right. And, and we could, we could have shut everything down for two or three months. We could, we could have ripped the band aid off by putting the band aid on. But instead, anyways, eh, let, let's move on to something else. Video games, before I let you go into it, are you, uh, are you going to play The Last of Us? Cause I know my little guy, who's the, the older guy, he's 12, has been counting the moments. And I guess it comes out this week. Last of Us Part Two, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I actually have Last of Us Remastered for. I have The Last of Us for play, PlayStation Three, which I did start playing a couple of years ago, and then I stopped. You know, I got a few hours into it, and I just kind of fell off of it. And then I picked up a copy of the remastered version for the PS Four. So I was looking at it, and I was like, you know what? The second one is coming out, and it's supposed to be really good, but one of those really long kind of games. And I, I don't know, I'm. And it's supposed to be just narratively great, like a great storyline. So I'm kind of into it, but at the same time, and I saw an article about this online this week about how video games are just too darn long. Like, and maybe that's probably something that they want to look at if they're going to try to keep up the video game industry going forward. Like, is it worth pumping? millions and hundreds of millions of dollars and years and years of development into these like 40, 50, 60 hour campaigns, you know? And it's just like, you know, maybe for like one tentpole type game a year for these companies, it might be worth it. But for all these AAA companies to like have that as the benchmark, like we have to have these epic long games, it's kind of not sustainable. And that's kind of, 
you know, as we get older, as we age, and as there's so many more things to consume our free time, what little of it we might have in the future or whatever, it's just not, it does, it's not attractive to want to like pick up a $60 game that you look at and you go, man, this is going to take like three vacation weeks to, for me to like actually enjoy. Right. You know, it's just like I want a game that I'm going to be over with in like 15, 20 hours that might have some like bonus stuff, you know, some game plus stuff at the end um, that I can go back and fill in the blanks as I please. But I don't want to have to really, you know, I don't want to have my second job be my hobby. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I, 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 I do, yeah. I'm not really looking forward to Last of Us Part 2 because I've been so afraid to even go back to Last of Us Part 1. Um, but that's just my thing. I'm, you know, I'm older now and I'm not as patient. I like I said a couple of weeks ago, I finished the story mode for Grand Theft Auto 5 7 years after it released. But there was something about the game that drew me in and it was it was fun. There was it was lot it was less story driven as maybe Last of Us is, but um, I'm rambling here. As I no, no, to, no, as no, because I, I get it. Because if I if I'm gonna sit down, if, if management went away for like a weekend and and I had like a night off, you know, I would probably pop in Arkham Asylum, maybe maybe Arkham City, but I can beat Arkham Asylum in a couple hours, start to finish, and not have to do all the side like you know Riddler trophies things. I mean, Arkham City. If 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 she's gone for a week and I got three days to play it, you know, and that's not hundred percenting it. That's just getting through the story mode and the same thing. It's like you know, um, you know, the 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 last of them, or, and even the prequel. And it's the same thing. I think that's one of the reasons I like uh, Resident Evil Five. It's like if I want to just throw it in and just go through the whole map, start to finish, or even Resident Evil Seven got there. Um, Resident, yeah, Resident Evil, yeah, Resident Evil Seven. I could do. I don't know. I I guess you know. I hear Resident Evil Three, which I actually now that I have a set of glasses, I might you know pop in there. But yeah, it's one of those things. I you know a few years ago I would have thought, oh okay, and maybe it's just too old fucks talking. But a few years ago, you know, management has a friend who would take a vacation week if a new game came out that he really you know was into. It's like I can't imagine saying, okay, boys, uh. Papa really loves you, but not as much as I got to get eight hours in on this game. Uh, I'm going to take a week vacation. Like, you know, if I, if, if I ever get on a plane and start doing tours again and I have that kind of downtime, like if, if, I, if I'm on a base and I got like, let's say 10 hours to kill a day in between sets and in between, you know, screening movies, I, I'll do it. But, but, so, but he's looking forward to it. So, and, and I'm actually looking forward to a break from his apex legend and, and, and Fortnite and yeah. maybe not listening to his stupid conversations with people on his mic. But, but what are you, have you playing anything? Has this week been a gaming week? Um, a little bit, although I will say that, <clears throat> My wife, for um, Father's Day, gave me a gift card to Best Buy, and I went there actually to buy something for my son this week, my older son, and um, they didn't have what I was looking for, but I was while I was there, I was like, let me just browse the video game section, and I picked up two discount, like $20 Lego games for the PS4 that I've been meaning to pick up, because I, you know, I like the Lego games, and I know my younger son likes the Lego games. And we haven't been really buying them lately because 
there's a lot of Lego games out there, and they kind of tend to repeat themselves. And you know, I don't know. It's like it, Lego. So I picked up Lego Marvel Superheroes two, and I picked up Lego DC Villains. So both were twenty bucks. Both are you know great Lego style games, and uh, you know my younger son's been playing them. Um, myself, what have I been playing? Not a whole lot of gaming stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm. I think I'm at the point where I am like that donkey that's equidistant between two bales of hay. I don't know which one I want to eat and I starve to death. You know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, uh, I'm looking at all my games and I'm like, and I, that same thing that I just talked about that, the, the commitment, like, uh, this game is, looks really good, but okay, I bought doom eternal, you know, weeks ago. I haven't went back to that. I just like, cause it's like, I don't know. It's like a, yeah, it's like a commitment. It's a job. I don't know. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm, depressed maybe i'm seeing life as sort of futile um fleeting um pointless um i'm probably regressing into a dark hole that will i will never escape from that neither video games nor podcasts nor television nor family nor work will ever boobs no boobs so i don't know not even boobs yeah i'm I'm out out of ideas yeah man that's that's the last of the uh, life preservers that you could throw my way to get me out of this hole, but I don't even think like yeah, I just I don't know. I haven't been. It's funny that you say that because John, you know, always says like if you're in a shipwreck or plane wreck, you know, just wrap your hands around the girl with the biggest fake boobs you can find because she's going to come popping up somewhere if you crash in the water. You know, when you set life preservers, but shut up. <laughs> Have you opened Resident Evil Three? No. Okay, guys, that's, that's, that's still still on the seal. No, Make yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's still sealed, uh, along with other games that I bought that I've yet to open. And, and you know, that's that's how I do, baby. I'm just uh, I'm just an idiot. I'm a dope. I, I kind of well, you, you had you had a busy week watching a block of '80s sitcoms <laughs> on a VHS tape unearthed. And I've watched other capsule. things. I've watched other things. All right, what, what have you watched this week? All right, so. Earlier this week, I went on a little Amazon Prime blast from the past kind of jag. I watched Zapped because I had never seen Zapped wow. with Scott Bayo and Willie Ames, the classic. Um, and I was, yeah, I was watching it and I reading up on it. And I, I, as I was reading up on Zapped, Zapped is a movie that came out in 82. It's about Scott Bayo of all people, plays a nerdy uh, uh, high school kid who has like he has a key to his own laboratory and somehow uh something happens where he mixes a concoction that accidentally gives him the power of telepathy so he can move things and he can use those powers for good or to take off women's clothes and you know um or to throw bullies through walls that kind of stuff so i was watching that and i was reading up on like the production apparently because uh, teen raunchy sex comedies were on the upswing thanks to like Porky's and stuff like that, they added boobs to make. They went from like a PG rating to an R. They wanted to make this an R movie, so um, there were a couple of uh, boob shots. One was a body double, and apparently they had to like. I guess they snuck the body double in 
without the actor's notion of there being a body double. So they had to like, you know, put a disclaimer at the end during the credits like, oh, no, you know, the the woman's breast that you saw was not the actual actor's breast. Like there was an actual body double. And uh, I'm kind of going off in a jagged. So I saw Zapped. I went and rewatched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey again. I hadn't seen that since I seen it in the theaters. Holds up. <laughs> kind of. It's, it's a fun movie, I guess. It's like, you know, it's well regarded. Like it's. It was one of those things where I, when I saw it in the theaters, I was kind of disappointed because it had less to do with the time travel and more to do with uh, being stuck between Earth and Hell and, you know, the afterlife, that kind of thing. But it's a fun, goofy movie. And I was priming myself because the Bill and Ted 3 trailer had come out recently, so I wanted to see how Part 2 held up. And, you know, it's, it's fine. It's a fine movie. Uh, and then I started uh, on a Hulu show. I think it's Hulu. Yes, a Hulu show. Ten episodes, uh, produced by uh, the Lonely Island folks, came out ah. last, came out last year, and it was called it's called Pen Fifteen. Have you heard of Pen Fifteen? I have not. So Pen Fifteen is uh, it's two women who are in their early thirties playing thirteen year old versions, kinda of themselves in the year two thousand. So it's uh, them entering into junior high school, seventh grade. But it's they're doing things as thirteen year olds that only thirty year old women can do and portray. Because if they had real thirteen year olds doing it, it would be illegal. So, <laughs> um, you know, they, they they have them discovering sexuality, and you know, there's mean girlness and just living in the early two thousands, um, pretending to be Spice Girls for a video, that kind of stuff. And it's weird watching it from my perspective because when I was you're ten, you're about eight years older than I am, and these women are about ten years older than younger than me. So like I'm watching them portray themselves or a version of themselves as you know thirteen year olds when I was twenty one. 22 ish you know and i'm like that's weird man like that's not the, what the 2000s kind of look like or or did it and i just wasn't paying attention <laughs> so uh but it's a fun 10 episode it's it's worth it's worth a watch it's, it's probably not something that you'll watch because you watch everything apparently in front of your kids for christ's sake and i don't get it i just don't get it there's no you time there's no everything has to be you know kid approved or have to be you know worthy of I, I don't know. I, you have a different viewing habit, and it's, it's fine. Um, but and I, I started watching a little bit of The Watchmen. I um, now I'm up to two and a half episodes instead of one and a half episodes. That's oh, very good. Flying very along. good. So I'm going to stop rambling about what I watched. What did you watch? Because the folks at home have to know because they're so I go, sleepy. I go and I looked at. Uh, I'm on HBO Max the other day. Uh, big ups to Joe. And I'm like, yeah, I, maybe I'll watch something that I've never heard of. And I'm just kind of scrolling through and I don't know, like, I don't know what made me stop on it. You know, must've been like the one, the thumbnail. And it's a show called the leftovers, which I had never heard of. And it last, I, I don't want to read anything about it, but there's three seasons up there, but it started like 2015 or 2016. So I think the show is done. So I think it was a three a three year show. So I'm like, oh, okay. I have never heard of it. Don't know anything about it. Let's spin the wheel and see where we go. Uh, I've binge watched the entire first two seasons uh, this <laughs> week, and, and and management has come in like when she's come home at night, 
and I'm watching it, and I watch it the way that she hates that I watch shows. It's like I keep hitting the 10 second four button. It's like, okay, I've seen five episodes with you know Joe and Jock talking about this. I'm gonna see how the conversation ends, or and if if all of a sudden a window blows up, I'm like, oh, okay, pause it, go back that 10 seconds and see. So the episodes are like an hour long, and it takes me about a half hour, 40 minutes to watch each one, but it's good. It's um. It's one day. This is it, there's lots of flashing back and stuff like that. But this show starts on the third anniversary of two percent of the world just disappearing. It's like you know Thanos. Let's let, let's say a low grade Thanos instead of taking half the world, just two percent of the world's population just disappears you know this woman's at a laundry mat and you know she's arguing with her husband because they got to get the washer fixed it's such a pain to come here she straps a baby in the back seat of the car the baby's crying she's driving home she's at a light the baby stops crying she turns behind and the baby's gone like people just disappeared worldwide two percent of the population disappeared so this is three years later and people are trying to have normal lives at the same time there's all kinds of different religious cults there's these um god like like what 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 do you call it when somebody thinks they're a god like type person like a person who yeah, like you know complex kind of thing yeah and there's, there's people who have so, you know started religions and people who have you know and uh, there's and then there's some subtle stuff which is great you're going through this office and somebody's giving a tour of an office and you go by another company in the background and see all these people in cubicles and you just see the sign on the wall, like disappearing insurance, like, 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 Oh, it could happen again. So these, you know, charlatans are selling snake oil. Um, and so the first season is interesting. The second season, you know, some of our main characters move to a town that is like kind of quarantined off and fenced off and you have to have a pass to get in there. It's the only town known in the entire world when nobody disappeared from from that day. Mm-hmm. And our, our heroes move into a house right next to Regina King, who is the main woman on the Bla- on the Watchmen. Dude, th- that woman's been like working since like the early 90s on films and tv i've yet to see her not be a badass in something like 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 you know she is typecast as an absolute badass and you know she and and, you know watchmen she's just you love kicking the shit out of these people (laughs) <laughs> right okay you, you, you don't want to get in on this you love yeah that's such a great line um yeah no she only gets more badass and and here she plays a doctor in that little town but she's also just this tough really crazy smart like no nonsense you know uh i love her absolutely love her but yeah i'm, I'm into and then you know there's a couple there's a couple actors i'm blanking on their names but You've seen him in other things, you know, but it's it's really well done. And I, and here's the fucked up thing, you know, but again, HBO Max, Disney Plus, the DC app, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix, regular TV, movies coming out every day. For me to say I've never heard of this show, 
but but I'm all in. You know, I'm I, I by next week's podcast, I will see season three, and you know, one of these guys, the main character. His dad had gone crazy a few years earlier who was chief of police. Now he's the chief of police and he starts to go crazy. And it's like, is he going crazy? Is he going crazy or is he seeing things? You know what I mean? Is is he clairvoyant? You know, it's like, okay, some of these things happen, you know. Um, and, and so today we have no – at the end of season two, no idea why these people went, where they went, why they went. Um, but but it is. It, it, it's good. You know, it, it's – it's, I, I've been blowing through episodes when the boys go to bed before management gets home or while I'm like, you know, making their dinner that they never eat. But that's uh, but <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I'm holding off recommending it because season three could be a shit storm. And it's like, hey, don't follow me down this wormhole if it ain't any good. But uh, I'm glad you're watching The Watchmen. I'm jealous because, you know, I oh, and this funny thing is I almost start to rewatch it because I love it so much. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? Shut up. Watch something new. You know, go back to something else. But, you know. Watch, watch something new and uh and, and this comes from the guy who watched two new things this week i watched the new hellboy and the new john wick <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah i know but, uh, it's it, it, it's it, right it really is if you start re-watching stuff you've already seen before you really are uh almost worse than hitler if not because like, there's so much to watch it's like what are you doing you should be you know moving but, on but I but, but it's safe to watch something that's safe like I do i really want to invest three hours in this do i want to invest uh, 12 episodes three seasons 36 hours of content for something eh, i know i love the watchman i know i'm gonna love it again i know i'm gonna see 10 things i didn't notice last time that i'll now notice this time that we're you know and it's like but yeah, but but I did. I said I'll roll the dice, and it, it, it's been interesting. So good. I'm glad you're you know discovering week. new things. Um, myself, I'm I'm learning more about the panelists on Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour than ever before. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's the, the we all have our uh, we all have our little comfort uh, viewing habits. So that's it. Thanks for listening to what parenting tip. Oh, don't, don't get out of here without telling oh, people. Tell, people out here li- have kids. Have no fucking idea what they're doing. What's your parenting okay. tip for the week, Jacques? Um, you got to tell your kids. You know what? Uh, not you know, seeing races in front of you like we talked about. You have two options: um, speaking up or being silent. And your silence is just as bad. And know you know that you might lose friends, or in my case, friends, neighbors, and family over it. But you know what? Uh, at the end of the day. You gotta, you gotta make some choices, and at the same time, I, you know, I, I've half, I've half expected, you know, our neighbor to come over and be confrontational about it, um, which you know, I, I hope doesn't happen. Um, I hope it happens, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because um, much like Regina King in The Watchmen. Hey, you, you like beating the fuck out of these people, you know? Giddy like... fucking up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but 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 you 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 you're you're a walking talking success story with two well adjusted, you know, productive children in society. Why don't you help those out there struggling to to connect with their children and you know, let, like lay some knowledge on us? Shut the fuck up. Just tell your parents, <laughs> will you? Cut the shit. I know I'm a shit father. Let me just get through this life without being embarrassed every week. Come hey, on. hey, if you were such a shit father, why is my kid's piano playing getting much better? And it ain't because of their heartwork and dedication. <laughs>
it's 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 they have uh, a nice mother let's remember they remember there's another parent that actually does the work around here whereas i avoid life and confrontation and responsibility and where am i right now (laughs) where are my kids right now so yeah i'm here telling people how to parent well i have no fucking idea where my kids are and what they're doing that's an hour that's an hour a week one could literally be on the roof (laughs) (laughs) yeah right well you know check his youtube channel um, <laughs> that's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, but that's the podcast for now. Carnival personnel, uh, have a happy July Fourth, whatever that is. I don't know what that means anymore. There's no. Uh, did you get up? Did you go? Did you go to New Hampshire and get your fireworks shock? No, he's not going to talk because it's the end of the podcast. Well, that's so. Just listen to uh, listen to the song by Dan Cray and Beyond it. Uh, whoever the hell I don't know. We got a song that. Play us out. Jack's going to keep rolling that microphone across the table because that's what the people want to hear. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the, new, that's the new sound the kids are listening to. And that one, too. Uh, oh, Jacques, don't forget.